Hi listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Gloomy Tales, the bite-sized installment from the Bloom and Gloom podcast. That's usually just creepy, spooky, odd little stories. This week, it's going to be the last installment in the opioid episodes, and it's basically going to be a light touch on some of the more infamous celebrity deaths associated with these drugs. But before we get into that, let's just bask in the looming presence of October. Spooky season, when all the normies come to the dark side, where I live at all times. In celebration of the most horrifying time of the year, October is going to be a creepy month for Bloom and Gloom. I'm excited for what's coming up on the schedule. Now, let's get into these gloomy, gloomy tales of the talented people we've lost too soon whose deaths involved opioids. I would like to preface this by saying, firstly... There is a content warning here for overdose and addiction, and that the reason I'm covering this topic is to spread awareness about medication safety, particularly pertaining to opioids. That being said, let's hear some stories. Elvis Presley, often referred to as the king of rock and roll, was a cultural icon and one of the most influential musicians in the 20th century. His career took off in the mid-1950s when he came onto the music scene with his unique blend of rock, blues and country. He had an incredibly charismatic stage presence and his iconic hits like Heartbreak Hotel and Hound Dog led Elvis to become a global sensation who pretty much revolutionised popular music and paved the way for future music artists. He also starred in a lot of successful films and is a pretty enduring status symbol of rock and roll and the introduction of the rebellion age, really. So when Elvis passed away, he was found unresponsive in the bathroom of his Graceland mansion on the 16th of August, 1977. He'd collapsed after attempting to open his bowels and was discovered by his fiancée, Ginger Olden, who immediately alerted authorities. Despite efforts to revive him, Elvis was pronounced dead at the age of 42. His death was a tragic moment in music history and has been the subject of much speculation and investigation over the years. The King's official cause of death, as determined by the medical examiner, was a heart attack, specifically arrhythmia. Arrhythmia is an irregular heartbeat that can disrupt the flow of blood and oxygen to the body's vital organs. In Elvis's case, the arrhythmia was believed to be the result of years of drug abuse, including the use of prescription medications. He was known to rely on various medications to manage health issues, including chronic pain and insomnia. The investigation revealed that he had been prescribed numerous drugs by various physicians, which raised concerns about over-medication and possible addiction. He had received prescriptions from several different doctors. This practice, known as doctor shopping, is often associated with individuals seeking multiple prescriptions for controlled substances. It was pretty clear that Elvis's access to prescription drugs was largely facilitated by his fame and wealth. The toxicology report confirmed the presence of several drugs in his system, including codeine, Valium, Placidol and Demerol. Codeine is an opiate alkaloid found in opium poppies, and Demerol is another name for the medication meperidine, which is a fully synthetic opioid compound. The combination of these drugs, along with his underlying health issues, is believed to have contributed to his fatal arrhythmia. Despite the official cause of death being a heart attack, 
There has been ongoing speculation and conspiracy theories surrounding Elvis Presley's demise. Some fans and theorists have suggested foul play or that he faked his own death. However, there's not really any credible evidence to suggest anything other than natural causes exacerbated by his prescription drug use. Elvis Presley's death shed light on the dangers of prescription drug abuse and the need for stricter regulation of controlled substances. His death was really heartbreaking and a loss to the entire world of music and entertainment. Brittany Murphy was a talented actress known for her versatile and captivating performances. Her career took off in the 1990s, with notable early roles in films like Clueless and Girl Interrupted. She gained widespread recognition for her work in 8 Mile with Eminem and in the animated film Happy Feet, where she lent her voice. Her career spanned various genres, including comedy, drama and thriller, showcasing her ability to embody really diverse characters. Her talent and on-screen presence left a lasting impact on Hollywood, making her a beloved figure in the world of entertainment. Unfortunately, Britney's untimely death on December the 20th, 2009, shocked her fans and the entertainment industry. She was only 32 years old and her passing was surrounded by unusual circumstances. And while the official cause of death was pneumonia complicated by anemia and multiple drug intoxication, several peculiar factors contributed to the mystery and intrigue surrounding her demise. Her death was sudden and unexpected. She collapsed in the bathroom of her Hollywood Hills home and her mother, Sharon Murphy, discovered her unconscious. Emergency services were called, but unfortunately they were unable to revive her. Her husband, Simon Monjack, was also present at the time. An autopsy was performed on Brittany, and the toxicology report revealed the presence of prescription drugs in her system, including hydrocodone and acetaminophen. So hydrocodone is a semi-synthetic opioid, and the combination of these drugs, along with her weakened state due to the pneumonia, likely played a role in her death. The investigation into Brittany Murphy's death raised questions about prescription medication. It was revealed that she had been prescribed various medications to treat her respiratory and anxiety-related issues, which led to concerns about potential over-medication and misuse. Her husband, Simon Monjack, was also reported to have been taking similar medications. And just five months after Brittany's passing, he died in the same home under similar circumstances. He was found unconscious in the same bedroom where Brittany had died and was pronounced dead on arrival to the hospital. His death was also attributed to pneumonia and anemia, raising questions about the circumstances. In the years following Brittany's death, reports emerged suggesting that her home may have had mold problems, which some believed could have contributed to her respiratory issues. However, the LA County Department of Health found no conclusive evidence linking mold to her death. Brittany Murphy's death generated various conspiracy theories and speculations, including suspicions of foul play or poisoning, but nothing conclusive has ever been determined on that point. While her death was undoubtedly tragic, it was for sure influenced by the opioids in her system. Morbid did a really good episode on the whole story a while back, and it's really worth a listen if you want to know more details, because there's a lot more to it. But regardless of the circumstances, it really is awful.
Going back away in time now, Edgar Allan Poe, the renowned American writer for his macabre and gothic tales, met a tragic and mysterious end on the 7th of October 1849 at the age of 40. Poe was found in a delirious and dishevelled state on the streets of Baltimore, Maryland, and was taken to Washington College Hospital. He never regained full consciousness and died four days later. The exact circumstances leading to his condition and death remain uncertain. Poe was unable to provide a coherent account of what had happened, and there are various theories about what events led to his demise. The most widely accepted theory is that Poe suffered from alcohol poisoning, exacerbated by his long-standing struggle with alcoholism. He was also said to have been a habitual laudanum user, and had purchased it in the past year to attempt suicide. Other theories suggest he may have fallen victim to a medical condition, such as rabies or epilepsy. Some even propose that foul play or coercion may have been involved. Edgar Allan Poe's legacy as a literary genius pretty much endures on. His dark, haunting tales, including The Telltale Heart, The Raven, these all continue to captivate readers and inspire countless writers. Poe's contribution to the horror and suspense genres is pretty immeasurable, and his enigmatic death kind of added to the vibe and mystique surrounding his life and work. Michelle McNamara was a talented writer, true crime enthusiast and investigative journalist known for her dedicated work on cold cases. She was happily married to the comedian Patton Oswalt, and they have a daughter who was seven when her mum tragically passed away. She had a fascination with true crime from an early age and went on to study English and creative writing at the University of Notre Dame. Her passion for solving cold cases led her to create the website truecrimediary.com, where she meticulously documented and analysed unsolved crimes. Her most significant career achievement was her book I'll Be Gone in the Dark, published posthumously in 2018. The book was a culmination of years of tireless research and investigation into the Golden State Killer case. Her writing and dedication played a pivotal role in reigniting public interest in the case and generating new leads. The book received critical acclaim and became a bestseller, shedding light on the horrors of unsolved crimes and the resilience of survivors. Tragically, Michelle McNamara passed away on the 21st of April 2016 at the age of only 46. Her death shocked her family, friends and readers around the world, and the circumstances surrounding her passing were particularly devastating. She died in her sleep at her home in LA, and the official cause of death was determined by the LA County Coroner's Office as a combination of factors. The coroner's report noted that her death was due to the effects of multiple drugs in her system, specifically a mix of prescription meds. While the details of the drugs were not disclosed in the official report, the toxicology findings indicated that these substances played a role in her passing, and Patton Oswalt later revealed that fentanyl was one of the medications Michelle was taking. Her death was a heartbreaking loss, but her work continues to inspire others to pursue justice and seek answers for unsolved crimes. Her writing and investigative spirit will always be remembered and appreciated by those who share her passion for solving mysteries and making the world a safer place. I'm telling you, if you're into true crime at all and haven't read I'll Be Gone in the Dark or watched the documentary, I promise you need to. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. It's one of the best, for sure. 
Michael Jackson, often referred to as the King of Pop, was one of the most iconic and influential entertainers in music history. His life was marked by unparalleled success, artistic innovation and controversies, while his untimely death in 2009 remains the subject of extensive investigations and discussions. He began his career at a very young age as a member of the Jackson 5, which is a Motown group featuring him and his siblings. Michael's extraordinary talent, vocal prowess and charismatic stage presence quickly set him apart. In 1972, he released his first solo album and his contributions to pop music and philanthropic work earned him numerous awards, including multiple Grammys and humanitarian honours. However, in 1993, he faced allegations of child molestation. He maintained his innocence throughout the proceedings and the case was eventually settled out of court. Jackson faced another trial where he was acquitted of all charges in June 2005. The trials, however, took a toll on his personal life and career, and he kind of retreated from the public eye from that point. On the 25th of June 2009, the world was stunned by the news of Michael Jackson's death. He was found unconscious in his home in the Holmby Hills neighbourhood of LA and was rushed to Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Centre, where he was pronounced dead at the age of 50. The circumstances surrounding his death prompted investigations into the cause, which included toxicology testing. The official cause of death, as determined by the LA County Coroner, was acute propofol and benzodiazepine intoxication. Propofol is a powerful anaesthetic, and that was administered by his physician, Dr. Conrad Murray, to help him sleep. The rest of it was a real good cocktail. He had benzos including lorazepam, diazepam, and midazolam, He was also taking antidepressants, ephedrine, and lidocaine. The opioids he was taking included copious amounts of Oxycontin and Demerol. Dr. Conrad Murray was subsequently charged with involuntary manslaughter for his role in Jackson's death. In November 2011, he was found guilty and sentenced to four years in prison. Another one that was kind of similar was Heath Ledger. He was an extraordinarily talented actor who was born about a two-hour drive from me in Perth, Western Australia. He grew up with a passion for acting and storytelling. He worked here in Australia, however, it was his role in the 1999 teen comedy, 10 Things I Hate About You, that catapulted him to international fame. His charm and charisma in the film made him a sought-after actor in Hollywood. One of Ledger's most iconic and career-defining roles came in 2005, when he portrayed the Joker in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. His portrayal of the iconic Batman villain earned him critical acclaim and a posthumous Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Ledger's Joker was chillingly charismatic and remains one of the most memorable performances in cinematic history. I kind of feel like every Joker since then has been competing with that performance. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a pretty good job. I really liked that Joker. But I'm a sucker for a mental health issue, so that movie kind of played a little bit more heavily on that aspect. On January 22nd, 2008, the world was shocked by the news of Heath Ledger's untimely death. He was just 28 years old at the time and passed away in his Manhattan apartment. The official cause of death was determined by the New York City Medical Examiner's Office as acute intoxication due to a combination of prescription medications. He was taking oxycodone, hydrocodone, diazepam, and alprazolam. So the brand names for these are 
Oxycontin, Valium, and Xanax. And the combination of these drugs led to respiratory failure. Heath had apparently been struggling with insomnia and anxiety and reportedly had a lot of difficulty sleeping. Prince, the legendary musician and artist, passed away on the 21st of April 2016 at his Paisley Park estate in Chanhassen, Minnesota, USA. His death sent shockwaves through the music world, leaving fans and fellow artists mourning the loss of a true icon. He was found unresponsive in an elevator at Paisley Park and emergency services were called to the scene. Despite efforts to revive him, Prince was found dead at the age of 57. The cause of death was later determined to be an accidental overdose of the synthetic opioid fentanyl. Prince's legacy endures through his music and artistic contributions, but his death serves as a reminder of the importance of addressing substance abuse and addiction issues, and again, the need for responsible prescription medication use. Tom Petty, the celebrated American musician and frontman of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, passed away on the 2nd of October 2017. Tom was found unconscious in his home in Malibu, California, and was rushed to the UCLA Medical Center in Santa Monica. Despite efforts to revive him, he was placed on life support due to a full cardiac arrest, and it was reported that Petty was taken off life support after no brain activity was detected. He passed away peacefully, surrounded by his family, friends, and bandmates. So his official cause of death was cardiac arrest, which was caused by various factors, including heart disease and drug toxicity. But the medical examiner's news release said that the autopsy found these drugs in Petty's system. Fentanyl, oxycodone, acetylfentanyl, and desproprionyl fentanyl, which are opioids. Temazepam and alprazolam, which are sedatives, and citalopram, which is an antidepressant. It was later revealed that Petty had also been suffering from multiple health issues, including emphysema and knee problems, which may have contributed to his cardiac arrest. Dolores O'Riordan, the lead singer of the Irish rock band The Cranberries, passed away on the 15th of January 2018 in London, England. She was known for her distinctive voice and the success of The Cranberries, which produced hits like Linga and Zombie. Her untimely passing was a significant loss to the music world, and her death was met with a lot of shock and sadness. The circumstances surrounding Dolores O'Riordan's death were initially unclear, and her passing was described as sudden. She was found unresponsive in her hotel room at the Hilton, London, Kensington. The police were called to the scene, and she was pronounced dead at the age of 46. Subsequent investigations and the official coroner's report revealed that her death was the result of an accidental drowning in her hotel room's bathtub. The report noted that alcohol intoxication was a contributory factor to her drowning and later revealed that she had been struggling with a lot of personal trauma, as well as severe chronic back pain and mental health struggles. It is said that Dolores also had fentanyl in her system, but only at therapeutic levels. And with chronic back pain, that's not something of concern, until you drink a lot of alcohol. Alcohol, being a depressant, carries a really high risk of sedation when combined with opioids. Dolores' death was actually very similar to how Whitney Houston passed away in February of 2012. Her death occurred in her room at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills, 
with heart disease, cocaine use and prescription opioid painkillers listed as contributing factors in the coroner's report. And just recently, I don't know how I didn't hear about this one, but Aaron Carter, who was a pop icon in the early aughts and sang I Want Candy, he was also the younger brother of Nick Carter, who was one of the Backstreet Boys. He died unexpectedly on the 5th of November 2022, also from drowning in his bath. His life and death were very complicated. It was well known that he suffered from a variety of mental health conditions, including schizophrenia and addiction. He had been open about using hydrocodone, among other non-opioids. While it has been tentatively ruled an accidental drowning, Aaron's family are not convinced and are requesting further investigation. This is because allegedly he had no water in his lungs at the autopsy, and there was apparently a drug deal on the night of his death that went wrong, in one way or another. Either way, Aaron left his twin and other family behind when he passed away, and it's really clear that while many of them had a complicated relationship with him, they love and miss him deeply. Frida Kahlo, the iconic Mexican painter, was celebrated for her vibrant and emotionally charged self-portraits. She passed away on the 13th of July, 1954, and her life was marked by physical suffering, resilience, and unapologetic self-expression. Carlo endured a series of health challenges throughout her life, which all stemmed from a near-fatal bus accident she experienced as a teenager. The accident left her with severe injuries, including spinal and pelvic fractures, which caused her pain and physical limitations for the rest of her life. Despite her constant pain, she channeled her experiences into art, creating deeply personal and introspective works that explored the theories of pain, identity, and the human condition. The exact circumstances of Frida Kahlo's death are still a subject of debate among scholars and historians. Officially, her death was attributed to pulmonary embolism, a condition in which a blood clot travels to the lungs, causing a blockage. However, there is some evidence to suggest she might have died by suicide and an opium overdose. Either way, Frida Kahlo's art continues to inspire and resonate with people all around the world. Janis Joplin, the iconic American singer, tragically passed away on the 4th of October 1970 at the age of 27. Her death was attributed to a heroin overdose, highlighting the dangers of substance abuse that plagued many artists of that era. Janice's powerful and soulful voice made her a pioneering figure in rock music, and her influence on the genre remains pretty profound. Her untimely passing, like those of other young musicians from the 27 Club, such as Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, underscored the intense pressures and challenges of fame and addiction in the music industry during the late 1960s and early 1970s. Jim Morrison himself, the enigmatic frontman of The Doors, died on the 3rd of July 1971 at the age of 27 as well. His death in Paris, France was attributed to heart failure, though heroin is suspected to have been involved. Sid Vicious, the infamous member of the punk rock band The Sex Pistols, died on the 2nd of February 1979 at the age of only 21. His death is shrouded in controversy and tragedy. Sid was arrested for the murder of his girlfriend Nancy in October 1978, but he died before facing trial. He was released on bail and was found dead of a heroin overdose in his New York City apartment. Some believe it was intentional, others say accidental. River Phoenix died at 23 from a combination of heroin and cocaine, the same combo that killed Jim Belushi. Peaches Geldof, 
Philip Seymour Hoffman, Mac Miller, Coolio, and many, many more talented, well-known people have died in circumstances that likely involved these medications and drugs. I've seen people on end-of-life care gain tremendous relief from them, but like anything, the moral of the story is education reduces risk, and with great power comes great responsibility. All of this from the humble poppy. Well, thank you for joining me today on Bloom and Gloom. If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok or also on YouTube. All of them are at Bloom and Gloom Pod, or you can send me an email at bloomandgloompod at gmail.com. Send in your spooky stories or gardening tips, anything you like. Why not? And until we meet again, have a gloomy day. Bye.